I'm gonna live forever I'm gonna cross that river I'm gonna kiss tomorrow now You're gonna wanna hold me Just like I always told you You're gonna miss me when I'm gone Nobody here will ever find me Good morning, good morning, good morning Cable Smith, welcome everybody to SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show, presented by Lone Star Beer. Billy Joe Shaver did not live forever, but his music will continue to live on. There's no doubt about that. Lost a good one this week. Uh, one of the greatest country songwriters I think we've ever, ever seen. Uh, great Billy Joe Shaver. Gone at 81 and... We've seen so many great and influential country artists, and I mean real country music, not that Nashville BS, but real artists have passed here in 2020. 2020 sucks, by the way. Uh, Worst year on record, I think, in my life. I'm 39. I can't think of another year like this. Uh, Y'all could email me at LoneStarOutdoorShow at gmail.com if you think there's one that stacks up to the mess that has been 2020 and God save us all if the communists take over next week. Uh, Bad deal, bad deal. So get out there and vote. And you know, at the end of the day, the cool thing about America is, despite what the news wants to portray, is that we still respect and love each other. I've got plenty of friends that are voting Democrat, lifelong friends, family and uh, and I still respect and love them. So you won't see that on the news. They want everyone to believe that we all hate each other and that America's never been so divisive and it's so racist. And all that is a bunch of BS because in my everyday life, going to the grocery store or going to uh, Cabela's to look at duck decoys, whatever, I see people of all colors, all backgrounds, and we're all citizens of the greatest country in the world. And I'm proud of that. Uh, Our diversity is what makes us great. So regardless of what happens next week, just try to keep that fact at the forefront of your mind uh, because that's not what you're going to see on TV or read in the newspapers. But that's the reality. Um, All right, we've got a great show lined up for you. And off the top, we are going to get a little political because while there's no doubt that I still love my friends and and family and, and Americans that are... On the other side of the fence is me. Uh, It's clear as day to me that one side represents freedom, represents free speech, represents free press. I don't know if you saw Twitter actually disabled the New York Post uh, account, the fourth oldest, uh, no, might be the oldest actually, and the fourth largest in circulation uh, paper on the planet. But yeah, censored and blocked the New York Post from tweeting because they disagreed with their take on Hunter Biden and the uh, the laptop. Amazing. I thought we uh, had the right to say what we wanted to or to print what we wanted to in this country. Not anymore. Uh, also, if you're a fan of the Second Amendment, you know what Kamala Harris has said and what she intends to do. Make no mistake about it. You're not really voting for Biden. Uh, he is definitely on the backside Mentally, which shouldn't be a surprise, he's 78 years old, which is the average age of death in our country. Uh, So, you know, Kamala will 
take over that Oval Office. There's no doubt. It's just a matter of when. And when it comes to the Second Amendment, uh, she is terrible, absolutely terrible, has said that if she's president, she'll give Congress 100 days to come up with a buyback, or she'll implement one on her own through executive order. Uh, Also, the Green New Deal, what a joke that is. Uh, It actually makes no sense whatsoever. And someone who's much more educated on all of this stuff is going to join us momentarily in the form of Congressman Dan Crenshaw, former Navy SEAL, Purple Heart recipient. Uh, Yeah, he'll be here to uh, dive into all that stuff. And then, uh, so we'll spend a couple segments with Dan. Then we've got our friend Josh Kinzer joining us to talk whitetail nutrition because there's one key ingredient uh, that I think is often overlooked when you're considering a supplement or even an attractant. Uh, So we'll get into that. We'll talk some big bucks. Uh, How do you keep unwanted species from getting into your investment? Whether that's uh, Big and J or a competing brand, raccoons and hogs are, are hell on that kind of stuff. So how does Josh advise folks to thwart them from stealing uh, that nutrition that you've purposely put out for your deer herd? Uh, so interesting stuff coming up here with Josh. So that's what we're going to do today. It's going to be a good show. Guarantee you that. Let's do this. Let's do a quick giveaway. I've got a Vortex Optics Blaze Orange Cap today. Uh, they sent me a couple of these bad boys. Um, we're going to give one away. We'll throw in a, a Vortex Nation Texas t-shirt as well. All you need to do is email the word. Let's just do whitetail because we're going to focus on that coming up here in a bit. Just email whitetail to Lone Star Outdoor Show at gmail.com and we'll get you entered into this week's giveaway. We're going to take a quick break. Coming up next, it's Freedom, First Amendment, Second Amendment, Green New Deal, and a whole lot more coming at you with Representative Dan Crenshaw of the Lone Star Outdoor Show. Plug John Wayne in a VCR. Let the driver tell you where you are, life on the road. The evolution of thermal technology is something that keeps getting better and better and becomes more cost-effective for the consumer. And the new Pulsar Helion 2.0 set the gold standard when it comes to thermal monoculars. It's what I've taken everywhere from the backcountry to just walking into a tree stand so that you don't blow out that wary old doe. It's going to give you up to that trophy buck, right? Uh, but it's the, uh, the Helion 2.0. It's got the incredible color palette options, user-friendly interface, internal recording, and get this, you'll save 20% off any Pulsar thermal or night vision monocular or binos when you use my promo code Lone Star underscore PL. That's Lone Star underscore PL when you check out at PulsarNV.com. Hey guys, Cable here for QuietCat, the leader in e-bikes made specifically for overlanding, hunting, fishing, and remote access to the great outdoors. QuietCat provides outdoor enthusiasts a means of portable, low-impact transportation while providing you with the most reliable product on the market. 
I own a Quiet Cat, and it has surpassed all my expectations. It's an amazing machine that stealthily gets me wherever the hunting or fishing adventure takes me. Based out of Eagle, Colorado, Quiet Cat is able to put all of their products to the test, making sure your e-bike is built to last. Visit QuietCat.com or call 970-328-2399 for more info. Hey y'all, Chris Letzinger, online sales manager at Cinnamon Creek Ranch here, reminding you we're not your typical archery club. We're a one-of-a-kind archery facility with indoor and outdoor ranges, full pro shop, and six different 3D courses. Cinnamon Creek was designed by hunters for hunters. Located in Roanoke, Texas, we have over 200 3D targets to hone your archery skills. Call 817-439-8998 or visit us at cinnamoncreekranch.com to visit our new online store. That's cinnamoncreekranch.com. Another legend right there, gone too soon, the great Jerry Jeff Walker. Also passed away this week, and when it comes to leaving an impression on a 14 or 15-year-old me, (laughs) Jerry Jeff was probably the first one, him and Robert Earl Keene. The first two that I really got into as far as Red Dirt or Americana, Outlaw Country, whatever you want to call it. This genre of real songwriting and storytelling, Jerry Jeff was, well, he was one of the best. Certainly one of the most influential. Um, sad to see these guys going. 2020 sucks, by the way. We've lost Charlie Daniels, Justin Towns Earl, John Prine, Joe Diffie, and uh, now Jerry Jeff and Billy Joe. So... I'm going to wake up tomorrow, I feel like, and they're going to tell me Willie Nelson died, which we would know that the world is ending because nothing seems to uh, be able to take Willie down. I think COVID-19 looks at Willie and runs the opposite direction. (laughs) I'm Cable Smith, by the way. This is SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Thank you so much for being here. We've got a true living and breathing American hero set to join us momentarily. But before we get into it with Texas Congressman Dan Crenshaw, this segment is proudly brought to you by Vortex Optics and the Glass Pack Bino Harness, available right now in a limited edition blaze orange pattern, which I'm actually holding it in my hand. Uh, It's awesome because I've got a Nebraska mule deer hunt, muzzleloader hunt lined up for December and Nebraska is one of those blaze orange states, so they also sent a Vortex cap with the uh, the bino harness, but should get you covered on your blaze orange. Uh, maybe you still have to wear a vest. have to double-check on that. But this thing is perfect for those states that do require blaze orange. Again, limited edition, so uh, get it while the going's good, as they will run out. It's the Vortex Glass Pack Bino Harness. And it's in Blaze Orange right now for a limited time only. All right. Well, uh, I've been trying to get Congressman Crenshaw on for a little while now. And it turns out he's a pretty busy fella. But he has made time for us today. And we are certainly grateful for that as well as for his service. A Purple Heart recipient 
among other distinguished uh, awards for his time serving as a uh, Navy SEAL lieutenant commander, um, was hit by an IED in Afghanistan. That's why he wears the eye patch. But we are certainly glad to have him. Congressman Crenshaw, uh, thanks for your service and thanks for being here. Happy to be on. So the way I see it, and, and I don't believe there is any other way of, of analyzing the situation based off of what the Biden-Harris ticket have stated publicly, but the Second Amendment is surely going to be attacked if they do win. Realistically, if that happens, what do you see them trying to change in terms of the Second Amendment as it stands today? Well, I mean, we can uh, we, we can look at what Democrats uh, have already proposed and what they've passed out of the House. Um, their 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 main um, their main goal seems to be uh, universal background checks, and at first that seems very uh, non-threatening to people. Uh, pretty reasonable because everybody, you know, ninety percent of Americans polled say they, they they favor background checks of some sort. Um, but as most gun owners know, you already have background checks. So whether you buy it at a gun show, uh, whether you buy it at a gun shop, you know, from a licensed dealer, the, there's a background check. Mm-hmm. The loophole that people talk about is is the private transfer of loophole. You know, you you can you can technically, depending on what state you're in, but in Texas you can do this. You, you can sell a, a gun to somebody else um, as a as a private transfer. Mm-hmm. And you can see why at first glance, you know. The left looks at that and says, oh, well, that's how, you know, that's how you get no accountability. That's how, you know, a bad person with a gun gets a gun. But the thing is, is once, once you think about it for more than a minute, um, what you realize is, well, the thing is, is the bad people transferring guns are going to do it anyway. Right. And if you make it illegal to do that, it, what, what you're really doing is ensuring that, you, you know, you can't lend your gun to your friend or your neighbor, somebody you trust. And, um, you know, which, which, once you start to think about it, you realize you probably do it rather casually. Uh, maybe you go hunting or just to the range, but now you'd be a felon. Um, and what's worse is, okay, what if, what if there's riots going on in your city, which has obviously happened a lot in 2020 mm-hmm. and you're worried and you, you can't defend yourself, uh, because you don't have a gun and, but your neighbor does, or you have a friend who does, well, you'd both be felons if you, uh, just wanted to borrow their gun, um, to, to defend your home at night. So, you know, once you actually start thinking through these policies, they, they're they shown not to work. And, and they're also shown not, not to, you know, if they were in place, they wouldn't have prevented a lot of the atrocities that, that we see, you know, where it's a mass shooting um, that, that always draws attention to this subject. And we always want action. There's this sort of, there's this sort of moral, a moral equivalence between uh, virtue and action. But that's not always true. You know, we have to use our sense of reason to actually, uh, you know, decide and, and analyze whether a, a given action or policy really results in a, a safer outcome. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, what about the the First Amendment and specifically social media censorship? Uh, we saw the New York Post get um, throttled down by uh, Twitter and Instagram, Facebook, uh, concerning a, a recent article. I mean, we're talking about a major news outlet that probably is more left-leaning than anything else. And still, because these social media companies didn't like the message, um, they, they squashed it. Right. Yeah. I mean, that's uh, it's, it's one of our biggest concerns right now. The question really is how we deal with it. Mm-hmm. You know, is it. Is it through a Section 230 uh, change? Is it some other kind of regulation? 
Um, that, that's not that's not as clear as people make it out to be uh, when, when we talk about this subject. But there is but there is widespread belief, at least on the right, that we do need to we do need to take action here. We, we wish we didn't. This is this is an unfortunate circumstance. But these but these social media companies have truly monopolized power over speech and are abusing it. Um, and this is this is this is a difficult thing for our founders to foresee. Uh, you know, given the internet itself and, and the way we interact on it, it was difficult to foresee. And you know, we we have to deal with it accordingly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've seen it firsthand on my page, like on the the Rittenhouse deal. Uh, they they took my post down and and basically told me not to post anything else about it. <laughs> if I wanted to keep my page, right. it's uh. Which is affecting at the, at the end of the day my livelihood, you know, make part of my living selling, uh, you know, posts and, and advertisements for hunting companies uh, on those outlets. So uh, pretty much it really rubbed me the wrong way. Um, do you feel that a large percentage, getting back to the Second Amendment, uh, do, do you feel a large percentage of the general populace misinterpret what the Second Amendment actually is for? I'm, a I mean, little like bit. Self, self-defense know, seems to be the thing that that they are more most concerned with, which to me that's secondary. That's a nice byproduct. Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's you know the the, the founding fathers' reasoning for it was to protect against tyranny from government. And but listen, there, there, there's two things, and I would encourage the Second Amendment community to speak more thoughtfully about this uh, because we we can scream and yell about the tyranny of government all day long, and you'd be right. Uh, as, as per the reasoning of the original writing of the Second Amendment, uh, but you you also need to win, okay? You need to win politically, and I, you know I, I think we should encourage our, our followers here to think about what it means to actually fight back. Uh, if you're going to fight back, you your goal should be winning, uh-huh. and then you have to define what winning looks like. And winning is persuading people. I you know you're, you're not persuading anybody when you when you use that reasoning, sure. uh, tyranny from government. You might be right. I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm just saying you're not persuading a single person. In fact, in fact, you're you're probably dissuading people. If you want to be perfectly honest, they're so that. dismissive of that. Um, yeah. Well, they are, and and because it's it's difficult to envision that reality in modern day history. So mm-hmm. you know, and and you can you can make an argument otherwise, and I would agree with it. But I'm just telling you what's actually persuasive because I deal with. I deal with people outside of the Second Amendment community every single day. I know, I know it works with them, and I work. I know it doesn't. So, you know, it is extremely beneficial to be talking about self-defense. Um, I, I don't think we should run away from that reasoning. Reasoning, and I think instead of having our Second Amendment supporters marching around and cutting their favorite Call of Duty outfit, and I know they didn't wear that uniform overseas like I did. Okay, mm-hmm. let's just be honest. Okay, instead of doing that. How about talk about a young woman trying to defend herself in her home against a man and equalize that threat? How about we talk about that? Okay, that would be a good argument to make for the Second Amendment community. So, I'm, so you know, we, yeah, we, we, can, we can pull our hair out all day long about, about the, the intent of the Constitution, the Bill of Rights, and that's fine. Again, you'd be right. Mm-hmm. You're going to be right. You're going to be wandering off in the woods alone, <laughs> not having your Second Amendment rights talking about how right you are. Yeah. So, you know, self-defense is the right argument. And uh, we, we just need to be honest about that. And then we need to talk about, okay, why is an AR-15 a proper self-defense weapon? And, you know, we don't make those arguments do. Our, our community is not thinking through the debate and then making the arguments. Mm-hmm. So I'll do it for them, right? Even though they come and attack me for all sorts of dumb reasons. And, you know, we need to stop that. 
you just stop it. I'm, I'm, I'm frankly sick of it because I want to actually win this debate. And I want to, and I want to convince people that the Second Amendment is worth protecting. So you got to show people, okay, why, why is a rifle better for a, a young woman trying to defend herself? Why is it better than a pistol? Kind of counterintuitive. Well, if you've ever shot guns, you know exactly why. Because it's pretty difficult to hit a target even 10, 15 feet away if you're scared and it's dark uh, with a pistol. Um, you know, that kicks a lot more. Um, a, a lot of women I know, depending on the pistol, they can't even rack the slide. Oh, my wife hates a it. Rifle, yeah. A rifle is very different. Uh, three points of contact, no kick, and you feel empowered, right? You hit those targets easily at 50 yards, no problem. I mean, it's amazing to watch like a first time gun, um, gun user, uh, test out, you know, a rifle versus a pistol. Like they, at first they think they're very scared of the AR-15, but then they shoot it and they're, and they feel empowered. These are the right arguments to be making. Um, you know, it's just, I'm just telling everybody, it scares the heck out of people when you talk about rebelling against the government and then, and, and throwing off the shackles of a tyrannical government. It just, people are very dismissive, dismissive of that. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. They are. Um, shifting gears, why hasn't the most recent stimulus bill been passed? It's, uh, and, and I'm only asking because even left wing analysts like Wolf Blitzer, have taken Nancy Pelosi to task on this package that would greatly help out Americans during this unprecedented uh, unprecedented time? Well, yeah, it's a great question. And this, unfortunately, the simple answer is um, she, she can't stand the thought of Trump signing something that helps the American people before the election. Mm-hmm. You know, because she could easily put things on the House floor that we just already agree on. Maybe it's help for some airline workers, you know, some, some more limited, um, targeted uh, ways of, of stimulus, right? Maybe uh, just authorizing uh, small businesses to reapply for the PPP funding that hasn't even been spent yet. This would be super easy. If, if Nancy Pelosi agreed to put that on the House floor, Democrats would have no choice. They'd still have to vote for it, right? Because you don't want to vote against these, these you know, targeted bills. It goes straight to signature right away, and that money would be out. So the only reason, cynically speaking, she doesn't want Trump to sign anything good before the election. It's just so damning, yet sheep still want to vote that way. I don't understand it. We are going to take a quick break. When we come back, we'll have Representative Crenshaw break down the difference between liberals and leftists, because I think they're mistakenly used as synonyms a lot of times. Uh, Also, what is his everyday concealed carry, and does he still like to get out and shoot, or does he hunt at all? I don't know that about Dan, but we'll find out. Uh, That segment of the presentation brought to you by SCI. You know, it sucks. The uh, 2021 convention in Vegas has been canceled, but I still encourage you to become a member of SCI because there isn't an organization that is out there doing more for big game conservation, both internationally and domestically. And let me reiterate on the domestic aspect. SCI is no longer, and it hasn't been for a while, but it's not a fraternity, a good old boy fraternity of, of multimillionaires who can afford to go to Africa every year. It, it simply is not. Uh, they are putting millions of dollars back on the ground into conservation here in North America. I am proud to be a part of that. hope that you'll join in that mission. Uh, for more info, go to safariclub.org. We'll be right back with more from Representative Dan Crenshaw on SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Give me one thing that I can hold on to. To believe in this living is just a hard way to 
Hey guys, Cable here for Coon Stopper. If you're tired of losing corn or protein to those pesky raccoons, well, here's your solution. If you're running a traditional feeder that has, you know, those long legs that coons like to climb up and rob you blind, well, you just attach the Coon Stopper to each leg. It's so easy. I just put one on a 300-pound all-seasons feeder, and <laughs> the results speak for themselves. Coons don't like it. They basically attempt one time, realize that it hurts, and they're done. Throw in the towel, just like that. It's the Coon Stopper, and you can find it at alamooutdoorworld.com. Hi, Brett Jepson here with Three Curl Lease Connection. I'd like to invite you to come enjoy some of Texas' best dove hunting just minutes outside of Dallas. We have many private dove leases available for this upcoming season, including milo, wheat, sunflower, and cornfields. Leases come in different sizes and prices, so we can fit anyone's budget. We have the lease that's perfect for you and your group. We don't overcrowd multiple groups into one property, and you'll have the first pick at renewing your lease for years to come. Please visit us at threecurl.com and click on leases for your property listings. That's T-H-R-E-E-C-U-R-L.com. Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore premium underscore power sports. That's TexasPremiumPowerSports.com. One phone still is what I heard the bartender say. I never thought my own wife would ever turn out this way. Green snakes on the ceiling. So yeah, another one. Gone too soon in 2020. Uh, Johnny Bush, and totally forgot to play one of his tunes. I think he passed two weeks ago, uh, so sorry to uh, Lyle Jones, our friend for that, as he requested a little Johnny Bush, and deservedly so, one of the greats there. Uh, I'm Cable Smith. This is SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Thank you very much for being here today, as we are still visiting with Congressman and former Navy SEAL Lieutenant Commander, Purple Heart recipient, uh, Dan Crenshaw. Before we get back into it with uh, Representative Crenshaw, this segment of the show proudly brought to you by First Light and the new Uncompagre 2.0 Puffy. Uh, I had the old Uncompagre. This one's just a little better, not going to lie. But here's why I like it. From the backcountry to the deer lease, it's the perfect outer layer. Truly, um, especially for early season to mid-season hunts. And then where I live in Texas, rarely does it ever get cold enough to like warrant putting on the sanctuary bibs and jacket, like the, the heavy, heavy duty, extreme cold weather uh, first light suit. So it's generally the uncompagre for me. And I've also been known to wad it up and throw it in my sleeping bag sack and use it as a pillow. Anyway, you can find the uncompagre puffy 2.0 at firstlight.com, uh, available in solid colors, as well as their uh, well-known cipher and fusion camo patterns. First light, go further, stay longer. Uh, all right, well, we certainly appreciate Representative Crenshaw sticking around. And Congressman, something I'd like for you to explain is the difference between a leftist and a liberal. 
because I I hear people use the term liberal all the time and quite erroneously in some cases. I used to do it myself, and I thought they were synonyms, but that's actually far from the case. Yeah, yeah, it's another great point. Um, the way I describe it, is a, a liberal, a liberal respectfully disagrees with you. A leftist, a leftist believes that you have to agree with them, and they won't stop trying to conform your nature and your opinion and your thoughts until you do agree with them. And so one is just simply more tyrannical than the other, right? A, a liberal, a true liberal um, can live and let live. A, a leftist cannot. But a, more importantly than that, probably, well, related to that, a, a liberal a liberal does believe in the universal principles of our founding. Uh, these are liberal principles. I, I don't, I've never heard them described as conservative principles. It just so happens that conservatives are the ones defending them these days. And, and these universal principles are neutrality of the law, you know, law doesn't apply to you differently because of of what kind of person, class, or race, or gender you are. Um, you know, this is a universal principle that can be applied universally. Uh, freedom of speech can be applied universally. Freedom of the press. You know, these things, these things that are often, you know, a lot of it is in our Bill of Rights, but a lot of it's kind of ingrained in our culture. Um, and a liberal still respects these things. Um, liberals to respect the notion of science and reason. Mm-hmm. You know, we, we have to be able to defend our arguments properly. A leftist believes in um, sort of this poetic truth. And I'm going to steal that line from, uh, steal that term from Shelby Steele, who just interviewed him yesterday. Mm-hmm. It's worth checking out. But this, 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 this term poetic truth, is, it, it's, a, it's a bastardization of objective truth. Um, meant to spin a narrative, you know, and, uh, and, and use emotion and, and sort of romanticism to spin a narrative into a truth that they believe in, you know, usually kind of some either utopian truth or, or some kind of fear-based truth to make people, to make people succumb to their side. So, you know, it's, it's just a much more, it's just, it's almost totally different, right? Mm-hmm. So the problem with liberals is that they, so they it kind of, it, it kind of inevitably leads to that leftism because, the liberal gets frustrated and more frustrated that they're that the government won't do all the things the liberal wants to do, uh, well intentioned enough, but but as as that frustration, I think uh, expands, then the leftism has a way in. It's easy to take over. Okay, that makes sense. Um, what are your thoughts on our country's vast public land resources, like? Do you think we have too much, not enough? And and I've had Senator Cruz on multiple times. Love Senator Cruz, big supporter. I don't agree with him on his stance on public lands, um, but I did want to get your take. Do you, do you think Teddy Roosevelt had it right, or should the states control the land within their borders? Uh, yeah. Well, I'll be honest, I, don't, I don't have like an, a, a strong outline of policy on this particular issue. It's, it's not something I deal with a whole lot, just it, given my district. Sure. Um, my district's very urban, suburban. Well, we don't have a lot of public so, land in Texas anyway, so. Yeah, it's mostly privately owned. Uh-huh. Um, but it seems to work, seems to work better as far as land management goes. It's, it's not obvious that we're just mowing it all down and, and, and building high rises. So it's not obvious that that's bad for the environment in any way. Um, it's not obvious to me that having public land is bad either. It just, I, I think a, I think a prop, a proper balance, just like with anything is, um, I think is is desirable. Um, you know, we fight back against Democrats on 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 some of these issues on public land use because they they the, the Democrats prefer this sort of vision where the land is never touched. 
can grow as it is. The, the wild is always preferable. But this is, again, this is utopianism. This isn't, this isn't rational. Um, in reality, that's how you get a bunch of forest fires. Um, in, in reality, that's, that's how you, that's how you preserve something, but never get to see it or use it. So, you know, a, a healthy balance, I think, is, is where, is where we need to get to. But, um, you know, I, th- I think the Great Outdoors Act that was passed was, was good. Um, it was mostly a lot of funding to just maintain a lot yeah. of what we have. Oh, it was monumental. Um, yeah. But, but, but you know, purchasing more, you know, to what end is always going to be the question. Right, right. Um, prior to the pandemic, the economy was booming and the energy sector had a lot to do with that. What are your thoughts on the Green New Deal and is it indeed fundamentally flawed? Well, yes. Um, the, green, the Green New Deal is entirely flawed for a lot of reasons. Ironically, it would probably raise emissions globally. Uh-huh. Um, I say that because a key tenant of the Green New Deal is transition away from fossil fuels into wind and solar. Okay, so let's say you, you do that and you, you destroy the fossil fuel industry and, and you just power America off of wind and solar. So a couple of things are going to happen. America's not going to produce anything anymore. Not a single thing. Because you, you can't produce in, you can't power industry with solar and wind. Right. The, the energy density, the output just doesn't work. Probably can't power normal residential cities either, depending on where it is. I mean, you know, if people want to put the solar panels on their house in California, sunny a lot, or West Texas, like, yeah, it, I don't think there's anything inherently wrong with that. I just want you to pay for it and deal with it. Uh, I, I don't like government subsidies going to it. Um, especially since it is not obvious to me that it's really helping the environment a whole lot because there's trade-offs with everything, how you build those solar panels, the uh, extensive number of new transmission uh, lines that you have to build if, if you've got wind and solar farms out in the middle of nowhere. There's just a lot of trade-offs that are not talked about. Um, and, and, and by the way, you can't build a wind a wind turbine or solar panels without fossil fuel energy, by the way. So that's the irony of it all. So there's just all these trade-offs that we have to think about. Okay. So we're going to, we're going to lose a lot of jobs. We're going to lose a lot of economic output, but we're still going to need stuff. So what we're going to end up doing is importing all of that from abroad. So we're going to import manufacturing from abroad. We already import these big wind turbine blades from China. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I, I fail to see how this is good for the environment. Um, we already do that. And then we're going to have to import more energy in the oil and gas space uh, because we, we do need a baseload power source. And, and the left doesn't seem to like nuclear either. So we're not going to have a baseload power source. And by the way, the rest of the world is also going to need energy and going to do all that manufacturing. So who's going to provide all that oil and gas? Well, it's going to be all of the other producers in the um, Saudi Arabia, Russia, et cetera. And they all do it more dirty than we do. So if they do it dirty than we, dirtier than we do, and we're doing more of it because energy demand is increasing over the next 30 years. And it stands to reason that emissions are going to increase drastically as well. Right. So this is all a bad idea. Um, it's just all a very bad idea. It hurts our economy, <laughs> costs us a lot of money, raises our taxes, and raises emissions. So you literally get nothing from any of this. It's, it's, a, it's, it's, just, it's the most ill-thought-out, you know, childish policy stance and it's, it's the fact that it's been adapted by an entire political party is just completely unbelievable your friend uh i think he was one of the ones that jumped out of the airplane with you he's running uh in houston i actually heard him on uh, joe rogan recently and in his point was what's his name um 
Wesley Hunt. Wesley yep. Hunt, yes. Um, yeah. Yeah, he said that unless the rest of the world does it with us, it, it doesn't matter, right? I mean, like, it's pointless. So that was something to think about because there's nothing in the Green New Deal about, hey, is China going to do this or is uh, India or anybody else? So it seems kind of absurd. Um, do you still enjoy getting out and shooting yourself? Yeah, yeah I still go out. I just got myself a, a new SIG 365 for concealed carry. So uh, I've been practicing with that a little bit. I got to go visit the SIG Sauer Academy not too long ago and uh, check out a lot of what they had going on. So, uh, right. yeah, I, I, I do. I do, actually. It's nice. And what is your – so you have a uh, SIG Sauer. What uh, what caliber is your everyday carry? Uh, nine mil. Okay. I, I stay with nine mil. I do have a, a forty-five, nineteen eleven, which is which is nice, but it's certainly not an everyday carry. Um, the 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 Sig three sixty-five is a great everyday carry. That it actually handles really well. Uh, you can put ten rounds in it. It's extremely small. It'd be this. It probably takes up less space than your cell phone in your front pocket. And um, yeah, it's just it's, it's great. I, I love it. I mean, I just kind of I just started with it, but it's um it's all, it's all, it just handles very well. I can be extremely accurate and fast with it. Okay. And do you still shoot rifles, or, or are you just more uh, into the handguns these days? Yeah, of course. I've got I've got my AR that I um that we've got now, and um, a scar a he- scar heavy. Um, I mean, it depends on the range. Obviously, we don't get to shoot those as much, um, but it is still a lot of fun. What is the what is the best long range caliber based off your your well your opinion and I mean in your military service uh, other than the six five Creedmoor of course because uh, that's what everybody loves these days and I'm joking about the hunting community but the six five Creedmoor Creedmoor is just a big fad right now. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, I, I and I don't I don't deal in these things that much. I'm not a sniper. Never was. Um, and my knowledge of of guns and ammo is is relegated to exactly what we were issued in the field teams. You know, I don't, I don't, I don't go exploring beyond that. Mm-hmm. Everything I've bought has been, has been what I've been issued in the past. Uh, because that's what I'm comfortable with. I mean, sure. the kind of shooting I enjoy is, is combat shooting. I don't really, I, I don't, I don't hunt very often. Um, and, uh, it's just, it's just not a thing for me. Um, you know, I, it'd be fun if I had time, but it's, it's just not. So, I mean, you know, my, uh, it's, it's seven, six, two, that's seven, six, two and five, five, six. That's, that's what I know. That's what I, that's what I use. And, uh, it's always worked pretty well. Yeah. <laughs> so, like, I like, I like hunting, I like hunting things that hunt back. <laughs> right. That's, that's, that's my general take on what I use. Yeah. For. <laughs> yeah. In my past life anyway. Well, and I know that you're not a big uh, hunter, but maybe someday we'll convert you. So, uh, after, yeah. After oh, politics, I mean, it'd be fun. It's just fun. We go. I like to go hog hunting every once in a while. I like to put on the, the night vision and get out there. And oh hell yeah! Roll, just like just like I'm doing it in the old days. But <laughs> beyond that, you know, it's it's um it, it's just hard. I mean, you got to have a few. What when do I have a few days? Yeah. To go, you know, to actually do like a real fun hunting trip. I do have a bow that I've never even sighted in. Wow. So, um. Well, eventually, eventually. We're going to get to these things. Life after politics. That's right. Uh, last yeah, thing is we're exactly. wrap, wrapping up here. Everyone always says the most important election of our lives. That's every election, right? But seeing that the Democrats, Biden and Harris, just basically told the American public that, hey, you don't need to know if we're going to pack the Supreme Court. I think that's going to be the um, the biggest issue when folks go to the polls. At least it is uh, for me, I think. Like, how do you attack the Second Amendment? Well, uh, let's pack the Supreme Court so that we can reinterpret the laws. 
how would they actually go about doing that? I mean, is that a realistic threat? Could they implement or, or have the means to pack the Supreme Court? Well, it's a question of how, I mean, I think they clearly want to. It's a question of, of how much pressure can we put on them? Because, you know, if they win the Senate, they'll win it by maybe a vote. Mm-hmm. And so, they, you know, I, I hope they don't have the entire support of their caucus to do that. They'll get massive, massive backlash. Um, I wish the American people would take them more seriously and, and vote accordingly in this election. I mean, we will. Yeah. Well, let's it will, uh, Yeah. I uh, appreciate you having me on. Yeah, thank you so much for your time. I will let you get back to the uh, daily grind, but thanks again, Representative yeah. Crenshaw. Have a great day. So there you have it, Representative Dan Crenshaw. And unfortunately, we didn't have time to get into red flag laws, something that I know a lot of people are concerned about, and one that I think Dan has backtracked a little bit on over the last couple of years. Uh, also, Israel, uh, that wasn't really going to be the focal point of this conversation anyway. Uh, but certainly appreciate his time. That segment was brought to you by Lone Star Ag Credit. Land's the one thing they're not making any more of, but we all want it. Lone Star Ag Credit has been helping its borrowers finance their own slice of paradise for over 100 years. They'll do the same for you, and you can find them at LoneStarAgCredit.com. Up next, we're going to transition into everybody's favorite topic this time of year. We're talking big bucks and white-tailed deer nutrition with Big and Jay's Josh Kinzer on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. I went as far as I could and wanted to stop the car. It was right in front of this little bar, a kind of a redneck-looking joint called the Dew Drop Inn. Well, I stuffed my hair up under my hat and told the bartender that I had a flat and would he be kind enough to give me change for a one. Dallas Off-Road is North Texas' trusted 4x4 shop, specializing in lifts, wheels, tires, exterior upgrades, and gears and drivetrains. I recently took my factory Z71 Silverado into Dallas Off-Road, and they handed me back a lifted beast of a truck that will get me around the deer lease or just as easily tackle a perilous mountain road on my way to a backcountry elk hunt. Dallas Off-Road owner Jeff Swope is an avid hunter and gun enthusiast, so you'll have a lot to discuss when you swing by the shop or give them a call. Visit DallasOffRoad.com for all your truck or Jeep customization needs. In the market for a compact track loader, then check out the Bobcat Advantage, where Bobcat track loaders squared off against other brands in a variety of tests and challenges. Whether you're looking for performance advantages, uptime protection, or quality design, Bobcat compact track loaders are the best-built machines in the industry. But don't take our word for it. Watch the videos at BobcatAdvantage.com or see Bobcat machines in person at Bobcat of North Texas in Louisville, Fort Worth, Cedar Hill, Longview, McKinney, Paris, and Sherman. Visit BobcatOfDallas.com today. Now what do you do when you're lonesome? Where do you go when you're blue? And how do you deal with such emotion when you're just an ordinary fool? That's the music of Justin Towns Earl. What do you do when you're lonesome? Bringing us back on SCI's Lone Star Outdoors show. Justin, of course, another casualty of 2020. A lot younger than the other country artists we've seen go here recently. And I didn't even know Justin passed away. I googled country artists we've lost in 2020 with the news of Billy Joe and so many of the others. uh, Charlie Daniels and Jerry Jeff, and so on and 
so on. And Justin popped up, and he's he was only 36 years old, son of Steve Earle of uh, Guitar Town and Copperhead Road fame, among others. Great Steve Earle. But, uh, yeah, was sad to hear that. Really liked Justin's music. Uh, I think it was one of those, he was in a dark place type of deals, a drug overdose. And he struggled with that his entire life. Uh, so, anyway, rest in peace there, Justin. Um, we're about to visit with Josh Kinzer of Big and J Attractants. But before we talk white-tailed deer, this segment brought to you by Rustic Reminders Taxidermy with locations in Marion and San Antonio, Texas. My friends Josh and Becky Gunther have been taking care of all of my trophy mounts for a very long time, whether it's uh, an African safari, a black bear full-body mount from Canada, or a uh, speckled trout from the Texas coast. You name it. They knock it out. They do it quickly which is weird because they do awesome work in a timely manner. Imagine that for a taxidermist. It's hard to find. <laughs> but you can find them at gr8mounts.com. With that being said, Josh Kinzer, my old friend, it is great to have you on. Certainly been a minute. I know, man. It seems like a, an eternity ago, <laughs> but uh, it's... I mean, somebody said something the other day, and I was like, oh, yeah, I remember that show or whatever, and then I started adding it up, and I was like, oh, that was like eight years ago. I don't know. It's pro- It might have been seven, eight years ago since uh, mm-hmm. you were last on, but um, lots, has, lots has changed. Some things have stayed the same. We're still both out there chasing whitetails like always, and that's what we're going to talk about today, specifically a product that I'm excited to be working with in Big and J. So, first of all, where did that name come from? I'm just, like, thinking about two dudes sitting around a deer campfire, like, one's Big and one's J, and they're like, hey, we should make that's, some whitetail attractants. But That's actually exactly it. <laughs> um, <laughs> <laughs> There's probably some cold beers involved. and Yeah. yeah um, well, you know, Jeremy, who, uh, him, he's the one that kind of came up with it, and him and Sean Wooler originally, uh, there was two guys together that had it, and Jeremy was making it in uh jeremy atkins he's making it in a kiddie pool in his garage and you know they just started selling locally and and kind of grew and and really the name came from uh jeremy was the j and and the other guy sean was probably he's probably seven feet tall so he was the big and i think they said it probably around a a fire at a deer camp (laughs) or or in a garage while they're working and they're like it stuck yeah so they have a an extensive lineup of whitetail attractants, but in those early days, like which one was comparable, like the first recipe? Like it was the BB squared. Okay, that still is our number one seller today. Um, and you know, there's some there's some derivatives of it. You've got the cube, which is just a compressed twenty five pound version of it, and. You know, uh, it doesn't look that heavy, but I had my my son is. at the deer lease with me. He's seven, and I was like, "Henry, grab that!" And, and he picked it up and was like, immediately <laughs> dropped it. He's like, "Dad, it's too heavy." <laughs> yeah, uh, it's 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 a it's a big old pile of, uh, I mean, twenty five pounds put into a, a small little space. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> yeah. So a pallet of uh, BB squared to die for, and the Big and J cubes. Showed up, uh, showed up at my house last week, and Henry and I, like I said, we went to the deer lease. Um, and at one point, 
I'm like, here, son, open up that to die for. We were actually going to bow hunt the next morning, so we put out. Um, we were going to put some out in a shooting lane uh, in front of our pop-up. And I look over, and he's just got a handful, and he's just eating it. And I was like, what? I smelled it. I was like, that smells pretty good. Uh, well, yeah, we definitely wouldn't suggest human intake of it, for sure. <laughs> Too late for him. <laughs> uh, so... Like I like bang energy, like especially during hunting season, I drink those things. There's no nutritional value other than it's just got a bunch of caffeine in it. Is this like the deer version of that, just like crack for deer, or is there actually stuff in there that's beneficial to them nutritionally? I'd say it's it's the exact opposite. You know? <laughs> okay, so good. When we talk about corn, you know that's that's going to be more like your bang energy drink for deer. I mean, we all love corn. We all use it, especially here in Texas. Um, you know, but it's like candy. Um, it's, if we get lucky, we're going to get about 7% protein out of the, you know, there's just not a lot of, there's not a lot in there. Uh, with, if we, if we're talking about BB squared specifically, you know, we're, we're going to be 18% protein and it's going to, you know, that is huge, but we're also going to What get is our, that threshold though, where deer, like they, they can't digest more than I don't, I don't know. You get up in the high twenties. Okay. That's what, and, and we're, we're, we're pretty protein crazed in Texas. Right. Right. Uh, but you know, the protein makes up probably about 70% of an antler, but the other 30% is made up of mineral. And, you know, we're, we're given an estimate here, but you're talking, it's mainly calcium and phosphorus that, that makes that up. Mm-hmm. And so there's, there is a percentage of those minerals in the feed. But I think one thing that gets forgotten a lot in, in feed is fat. And um, we're looking at about 75 to 8.5% in, in BB squared. And, and fat's really important. I mean, and, you know, I know a lot of people feel, feed cottonseed you're feeding it for the fat just as much as you're feeding it for the protein. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> that fat, you know, if if you're getting a deer and he's going through a buck and he's going through his process of, of growing antlers and, and getting there, if his body isn't up to being at 100%, if he's skinny or if he's having trouble putting on weight, the antlers are the lowest of the priority on that. So, you know, we, we have to make sure that, you know, I know we're obsessed with antlers. and I know we're thinking about that all the time. But if we're not taking care of that deer's body, there's no way he's going to maximize his potential in antler growth. Okay. Yeah. So that's why I think, you know, just there's not much talk about fat in a diet. We always hear, you know, protein, protein, protein. But uh, the fat is a, is, is a very important piece of that. Um, sure. You know, well, and for humans that. too, which gets overlooked. Right. I mean, that's uh, for optimal brain health like that's why i no longer am worried about eating real butter um cooking with any you know oils uh and then just eating a big old um you know new york strip or whatever which is you know has a bunch of uh marbling and fat in it um i eat it all i love it the fat's the best tasting part the skin on it on a chicken i mean all that it has the most flavor and when I was younger, I used used to discard that stuff. I'm like, oh, that's gross. I don't eat that. Uh, now I'm like, gimme, gimme, gimme. And and I tried that carnivore diet for a while, and the and especially on in that type of situation, the fat is like 
what your body's craving. And same thing for a deer, and that's why uh, Big and J has that fat in there. It's, it's vital for uh, right. And and if you think about like uh, you know talk about a balanced diet, but they say I, I hope that I never have to find this out. But for humans, the the one thing that you could live solely off of with nothing else would be like an avocado. And, you know, you're looking at 20 grams of fat per avocado, and that's the reason why. And, you know, and, and when when we've got a biologist that's going to, um, after you, you know, kill a deer, put a tag on it, you, you know, how you're going to assess its health in general is by the, the kidney fat. Hmm. And, you know, so that fat is, an, is a really important piece of this. And, and I, like I said, I just think that's something that, el- that gets looked over. Um, sure, you know, because all you hear is protein, point, protein, protein. Right, right. Another point, too, that, that we talk about when we get to mineral is a lot of the deer supplements out there, and I'm not saying all of them because there are some other good minerals out there that are, that are our competitors, but a lot of those, they're just salt. And salt is great. Deer need salt. They get it. But the calcium and the phosphorus is really the most important piece. And, and and that's why, you know, that's part of that the, the minerals that we have in head rush and legit. We, you know, um, not only is it an important piece to the health of the the buck and his antlers because we know that it's going to be about thirty percent those those antlers are going to be made about thirty uh, percent mineral. But you know, what is the first thing a doctor tells a, a woman when she's pregnant? you know, nursing, she's taking prenatal vitamins and she's taking vitamins that, and, and it's loaded with calcium. So that mineral is very, very important in the springtime for your mamas out there who are pregnant. And then once they have their fawns, um, it's, it's really important for their milk production and to keep them healthy enough, uh, to, to basically make sure your fawns are making it through. Okay. So, so we don't want to just think about bucks. Right, right. We got to think about the mama so she can make little bucks too. Exactly, exactly. So, how do these things come uh, packaged? And I know there's obviously a, a extensive product line, but so just for the most popular ones, so people can kind of visualize that. Well, the the BB squared, the most popular uh, set set that it comes in is a twenty pound bag. Um, that's that's what is the most you know, it's out there mm-hmm. pretty Walmart, Tractor Supply, all your sporting goods, Academy. And then the cube, obviously uh, twenty five pounds compressed. Right. Uh-huh. And so that and then you've got a forty pound bag. Uh that generally isn't carry it's usually carried by like feed stores. Okay. Um and then a lot of people are like, Well, why do you have that six pound bag? And that six pound bag is actually pretty handy, uh, especially whether you're bow hunting or, or walking into a spot. If you just want to take like a little bit you know, with you to put in a shooting lane or, or something like that. That's, that's where that six pound, it's a six pound bag in BB squared and then five pound with the, the our other products, deadly dust and to die for. Uh-huh. But you know, it's, it's a lot easier to carry that little five, six pound bag in your backpack than a, the 20 pounder and, and sneaking into the woods. So absolutely. Um, you know, do we, we don't really suggest you just go out there and, and feed all the time, you know, with that five, six pound, but yeah, when you need to go put it in a shooting lane or, or whatever, um, I'd say that's your that's your huckleberry. So, as far as the application, do most hunters just dump it on the ground? Do they mix it into a a feeder, or do they just fill up a, a feeder completely with it? Well, I, I think you know if you 
you look at it, it's almost regional. Um, uh, and I work. You know, different in states people. have different rules too. Oh, that yeah, mind. true. But uh, man, like um, we're we we got feeders in Texas. We've got we've got them all over, and, and we use them. But you know, I go up to my friends in Kentucky, and yeah, I'm not saying they don't use them up there, but it, generally speaking, it's it's not used as much. And I remember I hunted in Wisconsin one time, and there's some rule about gallons of food that you can put out so <laughs> you have to measure it in gallons and then dump it on the ground which hmm. i don't know why you're measuring a solid matter in you know liquid for anyway. right um you know i've never how many gallons of apples do you have you know but um but yeah i i mean i think it most people dump it on the ground and and that's great that you put it in a shooting lane uh, i do it even in texas you know, if I want to separate something off from the side of the feeder or, or whatever, I, I use it that way. But I also do feed in gravity feeders. Okay. Um, generally speaking, I, I mix a little bit of corn with it to uh, just add a little bit of roughage in it and just kind of help with the flow through through the gravity feeder. Okay. So if you were just to fill up your normal spin cast feeder with just like um, to die for or BB squared, it seems like it would come out more of like a dust form and it wouldn't be, I mean, that wouldn't right. be beneficial. And, and so there's a couple of things that will happen. I mean, you're going to disperse it so much that the deer aren't going to be able to ingest it. You're going to get a smell out of it. And, um, you know, a lot of folks are, is it going to clog the feeder? Is it going to clog? Well, depends on the feeder. Yeah, yeah, it's possible. But I think, honestly, what you got to worry more about is when you put a whole bunch of sugary stuff in there, Guess what comes to it? Bees. Mm-hmm. And uh, you know, I have I have enough problem with bees in my feeders already. Like I, I just with corn in it. Uh, you add a sweet corn powder or something like that, and and you just you know, and then bees they'll build a nest in there, and then you get that claw, and then that works its way down to the feeder. So um, I know bees are not one of the things that we talk about a lot of times as problems with feeding deer but oh, i've had hornets take up residence a, in my control box plenty of times it's it's always a surprise you know, <laughs> not necessarily I mean, a fun one either you know and you open that lid and you're like oh goodness oh god but yeah. um yeah i i wouldn't suggest it i know people do it anyway but um, like it wouldn't hurt to just mix like a 20 pound bag in with a few hundred pounds of corn for the smell just to is it attractant right if you have a cheaper feeder though that that doesn't have the the motor protected, it could get in there and, and jam it up. Okay, but the gravity feeder. So I'm actually about to set up a uh, um, 600 pound all seasons just gravity feeder, and I am gonna mix. Um, I haven't decided if I'm gonna go with some kind of protein pellet or just corn, um, and then just mix the BB squared in there. What's a good ratio? Um. You know, it, depending on your your deer density, uh-huh. you're going to be pretty high up there. I mean, you you know, you could probably go half and half and, okay. and be just fine, and that's going to you know, it's going to flow good. If you wanted to go more BB squared, that that's totally fine too. Um, but you know, I, I try to once we get to season, I try to do it fifty fifty, and I and I feed through through the whole season. I, I mm-hmm. especially find during the rut, you know, there's so much protein, fat, minerals 
that hits those deer and they get instant energy that they feel that and they learn that they associate i get this energy after i eat this i know that i get more full after i eat this just like you know if you you know you go eat a, a ribeye that's going to fill you up more than than eating a gummy bear right and and so you'll watch them they'll come in during the rut and they will just they won't stay long but they'll be run down they will come and they'll hit it hard for two three minutes just engulfing it and then they're off back to chasing does so um but what what i i kind of feed a a 50 50 mix during that time okay um josh we need to take a quick break here i want to come back though and get into how we keep unwanted species from getting into the investment we've made in our white-tailed deer Uh, can you stick around for a few more minutes absolutely perfect in that segment Brought to you by the new Stealth Cam Fusion. It is the most user-friendly wireless cell camera I've ever used. You actually just scan a code, your app picks it up, and boom, ready to go. It's literally that easy. Uh, you can find the Fusion at StealthCam.com. We'll be right back with more on the Lone Star Outdoor Show. So play. Texas Premium Power Sports is one of the largest pre-owned dealers in Texas. They specialize in sales of pre-owned ATVs and UTVs, many of which come fully accessorized. They also have a full service and repair center for most major brands and offer financing with a 500 credit score or better. They'll even finance parts and accessories such as high racks, roofs, and wheel and tire combos. Visit TexasPremiumPowerSports.com or check them out on Instagram at Texas underscore premium underscore power sports. That's TexasPremiumPowerSports.com. With city life seemingly getting crazier by the minute, the thought of moving out to the country is looking more appealing than ever. And Foster Farm and Ranch has been recognized as one of the nation's top ranch brokerages the past two years. They have listings in 22 counties and counting and are truly a statewide entity. Foster represents buyers and sellers from all walks of life. Farmers, ranchers, hunters, doctors, lawyers, investors, and possibly you. You can find them on Facebook, Foster Farm and Ranch, or Instagram, at Foster Ranch Sales. Of course, fosterfarmandranch.com, the website, or call Chad at 830-776-3605. This is Randy Newberg with Federal Premiums Fresh Tracks with Randy Newberg. Thanks for listening to the Lone Outdoor TV show. <laughs> Radio show. <laughs> yeah, just the Lone Star Outdoor show. There's another one from the late great Billy Joe Shaver. Thunderbird bringing us back on the Lone Star Outdoor Show powered by SCI. Thanks to Lone Star Beer as well. Thanks to you for being here as we're about to resume our whitetail conversation with Big and Jay's Josh Kinzer. But before we do that, this segment of the presentation brought to you by Lone Star Beer's new German Kolsch. It's called the Das Beer. It's absolutely delicious. Got a little peach undertone. Really goes well when you fire up the grill. Maybe you've got some sausage or bratwurst. I mean, anything like that pairs well with a German-inspired Kolsch, right? Check it out. It's Das Beer. 
from Lone Star Beer, the national beer of Texas. Well, let's pick it back up with Josh Kinzer. And Josh, you know, obvious question when it comes to spending money on a white-tailed deer supplement or attractant is, I mean, these things smell really good, even to a human. So how do you keep unwanted species from eating all of that feed that you've specifically set out for your deer? I see questions all the time on social media. Hell, can't you guys make something that's raccoon, that raccoons don't like? <laughs> there's nothing that raccoons don't like. Right. Like, there, there's nothing. You know, can't you guys make something? They're called trash eat? pandas for a reason. They'll yeah. eat anything. <laughs> and, and so, yeah, I mean, you're going to – and even cows. Um, cows, you know, if you've got cows on your property, I mean, they'll they'll, they'll come and destroy this. Um, because, you know, if you, the smell – the the long range attractant aroma to this product, I mean, it it pulls animals in, and so, you know, if you've got pigs or you've got cows, I, what I suggest is just working a little bit in the off season or or even now, going to Tractor Supply and getting you a couple of hog panels and some T posts, and mm-hmm. just saving yourself the pain um, because once those animals can't get around. I mean, you know, you can still throw some corn or whatever outside the pen and still kill some pigs. But, you know, keeping them from coming in and being regular in there, uh, it, it, it goes a long way. And you not feeding animals that you don't want to feed, and then you seeing more deer, especially more bucks. Yeah, so it's interesting. I've got cell cameras put out, you know, all over my deer lease, and um, I had – Within hours, a few does come into the uh, the cube that Henry and I put out. And then I also had another feeder that the battery had gone out. And so it was full of corn, but it was inactive for like a month. So nothing's been coming in there. I haven't got a picture of an animal just even in passing in like a, literally a month or more. Henry and I changed out the battery and then put dumped a bag of uh, to die for and put a cube out. Mm-hmm. And then that night we're sitting there. Actually, we were watching the World Series at the at the camp house, and my phone just starts blowing up, and there's like 30 hogs right there. And the only explanation is they smelled that and came in, you know? So just to give people an idea of, yeah, it's it's a headache if you don't want hogs. Henry and I were like, let's get the thermal and go. <laughs> so, I mean, he was all about it. He loved it. Um, <laughs> but, it, you know, simple solution, put hog panels around that uh, I, feeder. I mean, that's just one you know, but it's just where we've gotten most of Texas, and you know, if you're in some place in Texas that doesn't have hogs, great. Um, but you know, I've got friends. And I don't think that's a thing. To get to. <laughs> yeah. Well, I know uh, I've been in places in the hill country where, I mean, it was insane. And and so we're, where I'm at in South Texas now, we're we've got hogs. We've got they're an issue, but they are not like. Um, not like in other places, like I've been in the hill country in East Texas and, and just been like, oh my God. Yeah. Um, you know, and I, I know a guy in North Carolina, uh, he had this great deer property. He ran an outfitting business and slowly it's nobody bought deer hunts from him anymore. Cause he, uh, he didn't have any deer and he's now a, a hog hunting huh. outfit and it's been a hog hunting outfit for 12 years. Wow. Um, so, you know, when they, when they come in, they, they take over a place. I mean, what we want to do 
is not give them the access to that the deer's you know food that we have set up already you know when we've got a feeding program we want to protect that mm-hmm. i don't want to pay i don't want to pay any money to feed hogs no um yeah, i mean they're going to find whatever they can but then I say the same thing. I mean, you know, we get a lot of complaints about raccoons and whatnot, but then when I ask, and this is including my friends, like, well, are you trapping the raccoons? Well, no. And and so, yeah, I mean, whatever you're feeding, whether you're feeding protein pellets, corn, or whatever, you know, I, I highly suggest taking, setting up barriers and helping yourself. It's it not only saves yourself money, but making sure what you want to feed gets that feed. And, you know, with coons, yes, you can go sit those traps that they run in and, and catch one at a time. But honestly, the best thing to do is to get you some coon cuffs, um, those, you know, dog-proof traps. Mm-hmm. And you can put four or five up in an area, and bam, you'll catch four or five that night. Yeah. And See, I haven't started start... trapping them. I might, but I do run the uh, coon stopper things on, mm-hmm. on like my feeder legs like mm-hmm. on tra- on the traditional feeder it's, it's pretty much irrelevant on, on like a stand and fill from all seasons but their number one bestseller is still just the old regular 300 pound feeder you know with four legs yeah i mean dude you know those raccoons i mean i i had a place in the hill country years and years ago and, and we had hogs bad so we had those feeders that you crank up mm-hmm. and the raccoons figured out how to unscrew the handle and the crank <laughs> and you'd come back and you know your feeders falling 10 feet and it's down but um I, and, and if you are going to go out there and you're going to set those traps and you're going to do them they, this is what i found they sell a coon bait that goes with them and i have found putting those little marshmallows in there works way better way better I don't know why, but huh. the marshmallows are the way to go with those. So I've caught one raccoon accidentally in the in the leg hold for that I'd set for coyotes. Uh huh. And I had a uh, I started trapping last year, and I had a camera on all of the leg holds just because I didn't want to catch something and it suffer, you know. Um, and th- this property was only 15 minutes from my house, so just go over there and take care of it when they were caught, well, I caught this raccoon overnight and I mean, I never lost a coyote, not one. That thing, before I could get over there, had taken my trap with him and was long gone. So I don't even know like how he managed to do that. Like uh, coyote never could figure out how to do it, but he, yep, he, he took my leg hold and the chain that was staked into the ground was just MIA. (laughs) That's why, um, I now zip tie all my coon cuffs. Uh Uh-huh to a T-post or the fence because one night I got there and I, I usually sit four or five out at a time and I had three in the traps and two of the traps were missing. <laughs> they're smart. So, uh, they're smart. And so I, that's why, you know, if you get them zip time and, and you know, I, I don't know if, if there's people listening that, that don't know what I'm talking about when I want to say coon cups. If you just Google them or get on Amazon, you know, you can type in dog proof trap or, or coon cuffs and they, they sell them in sets, and I mean, they're my my kids sit them, and my kids help me trap them, and they're about as easy as you can get mm-hmm. to solving your coon problem. So, as we're wrapping things up here, folks are going are going to want to know how expensive are these products, just generally speaking. Um, well, 
Okay, that's going to be, you know, across the board, obviously. Sure. You know, um, retailers, we let them, you know, we have a, a, a map. But, you know, with BB squared 20 pound, I mean, we're looking at like under $20 a bag. Mm-hmm. Uh, the six pound bags are you know twelve ninety nine. Um, you know, and, and sometimes that's MSRP. So right. you go to Tractor Supply or Walmart or or Dick's or some of these places. Even some of the feed stores will have it cheaper than that. Um, you know, we do sell our, our mineral. We've got twenty pound buckets for for right at twenty four dollars, and we've got some smaller bags for for under ten and and legit, which is kind of like more like your deer manager mineral. That's got really high calcium, really high phosphorus, so those are twelve ninety nine. Um, okay. One thing, you know, too, we've got that that we wanted to make for states that have baiting laws, or I've used it pretty successfully here in, in Texas as well. But we have um, the smell of BB squared liquid luck and an aerosol spray. Hmm. Um, we also have our sweet corn powder, deadly dust, as well. So, talking about pigs, and you want to wear some pigs out, and you don't want to waste a whole bunch of food feeding pigs. Those sprays aren't too shabby. Well, shoot. I mean, I'm I'm living proof of I put out one cube and a thing to die for, and then here's 30 hogs. I, I needed to have three guys with ARs is what I needed to have. <laughs> and then we'd have really done uh, some some work on them. But we got, we got one big 200-pound sow down. And the damn thing, I don't see how she did this, but you know how there's not a lot of clearance on those all-seasons 600-pound uh, standing fills from the, from the feeder cage? that like mm-hmm. protects your housing to the ground. I don't see how she fit under there, but when we walked up there, she was laying underneath, underneath the feeder. I think she just crawled under there when she died. Like I shot her, she crawled under there, was dead pretty much instantly. But yeah, it was like hell dragging her out of that thing. I, man, I've seen hogs do uh, just things that just don't make sense. Um, I know <clears throat> I killed a, a big one, probably the biggest one I've ever killed. And, um, it was, it was a big, I'm not sure it was a name brand feeder, but it was a real, real big feeder with like, you know, like a two, 3000 pound feeder had these big troughs that came out. And when the sun was coming up, I kept hearing this like, sound like a, you know, the Liberty bell being rung or something and just kept hearing it. And I'm looking with my binos and couldn't, well, that boar was getting underneath it and he would get underneath that feeder, squat down and jump up and hit it which would then knock protein out of the troughs, out of the tubes, onto the ground. And then he'd go and he'd eat it till it was all gone, and then he'd get back under the protein feeder and do it again. Huh. Um, this was years ago. But, uh, you know, it wasn't in my place. Um, and it was at a place that they didn't have pins around the feeders because they said they didn't have hogs. Right, of course. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I bet you this old boy ate quite a bit of protein. Uh-huh. Yeah. Well, like I said, it just goes to show you because that feeder was inactive, and when I, I had to do a double take, I was like, "There's no way that's at that spot," and then I was like, "Sure enough, they're there eating that big and jay." So uh, we'll be putting hog panels around that that setup. Um, I, but to be honest with you, I'll take them down during the off season because we like having stuff to shoot um, and, and to eat. And you know, honestly, it's fun for especially for the kids, and they 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 enjoy the crap out of you know. What we do is we leave like one of them not hooked as good to the T-post uh-huh. so that then what you can do is in the off season, you just unhook one in and then open it like a gate and you bring that T-post around and they can go right in. Right. Well, cool deal, man. Well, I'm, I'm certainly, um, 
uh, it's kind of like baptism by fire. I put this stuff out, and then I had all the animals, like the, the, the deer and then the hogs, like right there immediately, um, faster than I ever anticipated. And <laughs> I'm looking forward to the next uh, archery sit, which I think will be next weekend. Um, but we'll certainly put out another bag of to die for, and you know, expect to have the same results. A uh, buck should be moving around, um, pre-rut firing up. So it's the best time of year. Oh, I love it. I, I mean, this cool weather that hit, um, I mean, I, but my cameras were blowing up and even the deer in the neighborhood were just running around here. So I'm, I'm ready. I, um, I've got to not got, but I get to, uh, head to Ohio on, uh, the 5th of November Oh, nice. to, to hunt, you know, bow hunt the rut there. And then I've got to go film a friend in Kentucky hunt, um, a war vet buddy of mine that I, I knew, and he's missing both legs and an arm, mm. and, and we're doing some stuff with Kentucky Game and Fishing. And then after that, I get to come back and, and hunt Texas, but I gotta, I'm got i going to be missing Texas for the next couple of weeks. We'll be making the rounds, right on. Yes, sir. Well, um, website and social? Uh, website, uh, just bigandj.com. And the same for for Facebook and Instagram. We we don't play around with Twitter. We there's one out there, but <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it doesn't do. It just doesn't like for for this type of business. It just doesn't do any good. It's just politicians and celebrities on there. Right, right. If you're a celebrity, I'm sure it does good, and and it's 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 got. I mean, I don't like Twitter. I'm not on Twitter. That's my personal preference. But but for a brand, it just doesn't do much. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Facebook and Instagram, you know, we've got a lot of loyal followers and it's not, it's a lot nicer place than the deep dark world of negative Twitter. Yeah. Well, hopefully, uh, we'll get this election sorted out and, and then we can take, start taking even Instagram and Facebook to task on their first amendment censorship. Cause it is, it is a real thing right now. Mm-hmm. So. We're not having any any real problems right now. Uh, no, no, no. But if you post something pro Second Amendment, my God. Uh, well, but what what I've seen, even on the hunting side, on things that are completely within the realm that are just fine, is so like all of a sudden my Facebook shop with Big and Jay got messed up a couple of months ago. Mm. It didn't say anything about hunting. It didn't say anything about sexual the Second Amendment. It said that we were trying to sell sexual items. Oh wow! Like so, in my mind, there's somebody that doesn't like hunting goes in there and basically says, "Okay, I can't get them for this, this, this." But you know, it took me three months to get those products back up. Wow! Um, so, well, I'm in Facebook jail right now. So, oh, well, congrats! <laughs> I've I, I've yeah. been there many times. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The commies got me for posting something <laughs> that they didn't like, uh, but. Oh, well, we'll keep fighting the good fight, my friend. All right, man. Well, y'all have a good one, and let me know how the rest of your season goes. All right, you do the same. Take care, brother. All right, thanks. So there he goes, Josh Kenzer of Big and J. That segment brought to you by the Pulsar Trail. Literally, when Henry and I were sitting there and the the uh, app, the Stealth Cam app started blowing up, grabbed the Pulsar Thermion, and we hauled, you know what, over to that uh, site, there were so many hogs and and actually the coolest thing was henry was looking at them 
through the Helion uh, monocular, and I was looking at him through the Thermion. So this was like his first time to ever really understand what Thermal did and how it can aid you in hunting, whether that's hogs, coyotes, whatever. Uh, but yeah, he's looking at like 30 hogs. I'm looking at all these hogs, end up dropping one, and uh, it was a hell of a good time. So check it out. It's the Pulsar Thermion. I've got the XP50 model. They are available at PulsarNV.com. Uh, just looking at the clock. Unfortunately, it's that time. We got to go. Got to get out of here. Thanks to both of our guests, Congressman Dan Crenshaw, as well as Josh Kinzer. Uh, we'll do it again. Same time, same place next week. Thanks to all of our sponsors for making this show possible. Thanks to you, the listener, for being a part of SCI's Lone Star Outdoor Show. Until then, Cable Smith said, y'all have a great week in the outdoors. Yours more than more. You spent your whole life wandering with a look on your face like a saint of gold.